Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join Jill and Tom as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, this is the Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, when you get a chance, check us out at consumerguide.com while you're there. Check out our 2023 Best Buy Picks. This list is an excellent starting place if you were looking for a new car. And, and this is important, you can listen to back episodes of the podcast right there on our homepage. All right. She is the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. She is a North American Car of the Year juror, and her freelance work can be found where? Uh, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jill. <laughs> hey. Hey, Jill Simonello. Hello. How are you? Good. You just made it. I made it in like tied 10 minutes. No, no. You, you, gave me, worry you gave me every, every week. reason to believe you weren't no, going to make it. No, no. I told you not to fret. I would be here at the start. <laughs> okay. I will show you the text. It said may not make it. No, it does not say that. Right. I, I don't know what you were reading, but like he is, you You are just a little bit um, I, I paranoid. I'm going to say paranoid. I, uh, I've never soloed. I, well, you know. You know who has? Who? Our guest today. Oh, well, you know. Nick DiGilio. Yes. Chicago radio host. Yes. Film critic. Yes. Hosts two podcasts. Okay. We'll be talking to him later today, but he can solo really good. He can good. solo. Can you solo? No. No, I need a sidekick. Okay, so in, in a couple of weeks. And you weren't going to be here. Was I was going to be here. I was always going to be here, but in a couple of weeks, I'm not going to be here. So you are going to have to find a guest host. Speaking of people who join us on the show <laughs> uh, regularly or not, uh, Sam Fiorani. Yes. Our guardian angel. Yes. With a with a, sorry, sarcastic. Are you, you're saying sarcastic, are Yeah, you he now? called me out on something. So well, I've got our first mea culpa of the new era of the podcast. Okay. I screwed up. Well. Do you know what car okay. they're still making? Yeah, I do. Well, tell me. A lot of them. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm car specific. Chevy Malibu, the I know. Chevy Malibu, yes. which I completely forgot about. Well, it's an easy car to forget. But not only that, and it, it wouldn't have made our top five list. So we talked about the top five list. Right. But but it still sells in really serious value. It does. 115,000 last year. Yeah. And per Sam, uh, they intend to sell, sell more of them this year. Yeah. So there you go. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy car. People love it. What uh, What did you drive here in? I'm like, what did I drive here in? Um, I drove here in a I, bonkers day. Um, I drove here in a Kia Nero HEV. Oh, so the hybrid. Okay. Yep. And? I love it. Okay. I think it's a great little car. I'm in, uh, I just got it, so I don't have that much to say yet, but I just got into the Rogue. I parked next to the Rogue. Yeah, Rogue Midnight. Okay. Black wheels. I like the Rogue. Kind of cool. I like the Rogue too, but this is the most time I've spent with a three-cylinder Rogue. Okay. I haven't worth, driven that yet. Worth talking about. Okay. Uh, because it's a really good three-cylinder, hmm. which is not a thing I've ever said before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Anyway, last uh, last week, yes. we talked briefly. We did. Briefly about you driving on ice. Yes, because I had just gotten back from Sweden. From Sweden, from Sweden. Alsip. Yes, well, not Alsip. Yeah, Alsip, but uh, what is it? Arjvar? Arjapalag? Okay, at yeah. this point, I would have thought you would have written Alslip. that down. No. I, even if I write it down, I still can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but you were there at the behest of, of uh, Land Rover, Range Rover, Jaguar. Correct. Doing snow stuff. Snow stuff, yes. And they were showing off their all-wheel drive systems. Yes. Were you impressed by their all-wheel drive systems? Um, in most of the vehicles, yes. Now, I was going to ask you for three or four yes. ice driving tips, but my first question is the I-Pace. Yep. You drove that, mm-hmm. which is electric. Mm-hmm. How is that in the snow? You know, it actually did really well, but it it behaves a little bit differently than uh, the other SUVs we were in because it has a lower center of gravity. And um, to me, it drove more like a sled. So you had to be a little bit more anticipatory when you were getting ready to turn or you were thinking about doing something because I felt like it it um, took a little bit longer to make the, the maneuver you were trying to do. I don't know that there's much in the way of torque vectoring is the wrong word, but side-to-side torque transfer right. because there's one motor at each axle, right. and I don't think there's anything like a transfer case or a differential, so I don't know how that works. No, and the other problem I had is you can't... So what we were doing on the ice, so we were driving in vehicles with studded tires, so studded winter tires um, to give us some extra that traction. Is, that is so Chicago in the 70s. Yeah, 
<laughs> studded. And they became illegal because um, they rip up the pavement. Well, everything rips up the pavement in Chicago. But yeah, I could see that being a problem. Um, but but yeah, so we had stuttered tires. And um, what we were doing is we were turning off traction control so we could really get the feel of how to handle the vehicle without the, the vehicle nannies in, in control. And with the I-Pace, the one thing that we discovered is you can't turn the traction control all the way off. Oh. And in and, and certain maneuvers, then it automatically turns back on. So I would be doing things really well, and then all of a sudden the traction control would you know turn back on, and I'd flip into a 360. I, <laughs> I did a, an Ice Academy thing years ago on mm-hmm. the Acura MDX. Mm-hmm. And they had other cars there. They had a BMW X90, a Mercedes-Benz. What, what it, was, it was called the CL then. The, the, G- the ML? ML. Yeah. Thank you. Saw one of those on the road on the way here, actually. Yeah, it was still called ML back then, and uh, BMW X5. And the thing that we learned was that the Mercedes and the Volvo, total nanny system all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. right? The minute you start to slide, it just brings you to a stop. Yeah. The BMW and, and the Acura MDX let you play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they know this, but they know that you're screwing around, <laughs> and they give you like a little space, a little room. I was going to say a little rope to hang yourself. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. So you were going to give us some quick tips on ice driving. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the first thing that you have to remember when you're driving on ice is you can't panic because that, like, when you panic and you slam on the brakes, bad things happen. Oh, I forgot my first tip. What's your first tip? Don't drive on ice. Oh, don't drive on ice. Uh, well, if you live in the Midwest or, you know, yeah. the uh, actually in California these days. Last um, week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't avoid Last the ice. Last week here in Chicago. Uh, but California got snow this week. I saw that. Yeah. Um, so. Well, a part of California that doesn't normally get snow. Got snow, yes. Yeah. Uh, mountains usually get snow. L.A. does not. Um, but, but no, so, I mean, don't panic and don't slam on the brakes. That's in some ways, that's the worst thing that you can do because your, your car completely goes out of control, your wheel lock. And, um, so you just have to like give yourself more space than you think you need and, and not panic. See, I always panic and I just wrench the wheel fully. Yeah. And I just slide sideways into the car in front of me. Um, well, you know, that's, so, that's the wrong yourself. thing that's to do. That's the wrong thing to do. All right. Um, and I mean, the other biggest lesson I learned is that every car behaves very differently, like very, very, very differently. And so we were in like the Jaguar F-Pace SVR. We were in the Land Rover Evoque. And we did those two. So, so sports car and small crossover. Um Yes. And then and, and then we had like the F-Pace and we had the, um, not the E-Pace, but the I-Pace. We had the Range Rover Sport. So, you know. Which is all new, right? Yeah. the ra- All new for 2023. And um, so, I mean, we were in a wide range of vehicles and we did a couple of vehicles back to back. And so I did the, the um, Evoque and that thing is sloppy. It is really sloppy. I'm surprised to hear that. And um, the steering is really loose. And I just, like, I oversteered so 100%. Would it be vehicle. sloppy on dry pavement? No. But in the ice, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't. Really? I, I, and, and I think that if I had more time, I would get the reaction time. But it just behaved so differently than every other vehicle in that, you know, in the Jaguar Land Rover lineup that I just couldn't get it. And so then when I went into the F-Type and the F-Pace, then it was like much more controlled, stiffer suspension, you know, just a much better handling vehicle. And I mean, I'm going to say it was driver error 100%. It's not the vehicle's fault. I would have said that. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just the, the, the lesson number two, every vehicle drives differently. And Good you lesson. really, really... I would recommend anybody who's driving in snow or ice find an empty parking lot. There's one like right across from here that I use. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not kidding. Like if there's an inch of snow, I'll go play in that you, for a little you while. You really have to go play in it and you have to, um, you know, press the brakes, press the brakes hard, turn while you're pressing the brakes and just see what your car is going to do because you want to learn how your specific car reacts versus like your husband's car, your wife's car, you know, any other car that you've ever driven. And um, so I, I, I think that would be lesson you, number two. You know what no one does anymore? What? My dad used to do this when when you leave the house and it's been snowing or it's mm-hmm. been raining in the cold or something like that after you're up to speed and there's no one around you just hit the brakes real hard yeah just to see what the roads are like a hundred percent um now, it, my dad was driving a 74 valiant so everything <laughs> was going to be awful all the every, time every, anyway yeah yeah but but it was still a it was worth doing yeah i mean i i do that in the alley like because I, I i drive my garage is off of an alley and not that i go up to speed or anything but i'll get up to about 10 miles an hour and slam on the brakes and just kind of because we're driving different cars every week you like do that all the time right? i do i do yeah. that all the time but but we're driving different cars every week and so i want to see what the stopping power is i want to see like which way the car is going to go 
And um, so, I mean, the other th- big thing that you need to know with driving on ice is if your car starts to skid, you kind of steer into the skid. And it's a little bit counterintuitive. So explain that. Is that point three? That's going to be point three. All right. Explain that again. Um, you, you, as your car, like if your car is starting to veer towards the left, you need to start steering towards the right. So it's, it's to the left, you mean the front end's coming out on yes. you. Yes. You're going left. Yeah. So you have to turn against. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and that should help you straighten, but you have to be careful not to oversteer because then 360s happen. I'm going to add another tip to that. Okay. And this one's important. No, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. If that happens to you on the highway and there's a shoulder and you're mm-hmm. about to slide into a shoulder, well, you want to hold the wheel firmly but loosely because if the wheel wants to straighten, you really want it to straighten. Yeah. Because you're going to have more traction in the gravel than you are on the slick pavement. Yeah. And, and you don't want the car to just come around on you. Yeah, and plus, which it will totally do. If you if you're Trust on me. on the shoulder too, um, it's probably less traveled. And in addition to gravel, um, there may be some snow, like some just some stuff to grip for your tires to grip. Yep. Um, which is always very good. And uh, you know, I mean, I think the other thing I learned. Um, so this is kind of tip four ish, is the importance of winter tires. Uh, a lot of people have all-season tires, and um, they're okay, but if you can afford it, if you can do it, like, you don't need studs, but no, winter tires are very important. Aff- afford it, though, is a huge issue. It, it is, but but here's the thing. It's more affordable than you think, because when you look at the lifetime, you pay a lot more up front, yes. but over the life of both sets of tires, Point you're taken. going to pay this, the same, because you're, like, six months here, six months there, so instead of having, like five years out of your tires, you're going to have 10 years out of both sets of tires. You, you make a great point. I think that point's really hard to impress on people. It, it is. Plus storage. Like, if, where if are you, you got someone store who hasn't tires? had a lot of problems driving in the winter, you're not going to get them to pay $1,000 for a second set of tires. No, I've, I've actually... So You know who does that? Car guys do car, that. Car guys do that. Well, I've, yeah. been, I've been trying to talk my husband into winter tires. On, on your car? On the, yeah, on, on the GTI. Volkswagen GTI? Yeah. That's a good idea. And um, we, it has gone nowhere. So it may be an upcoming birthday or Christmas present. <laughs> Right. Any other winter stuff? Uh, no, I mean, just in general, I mean, it's the same stuff you say all the time. Give yourself more space, give yourself more time, and, and just don't panic. All right. Those were quality tips, Jill. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, though, uh, of the Jaguar Land Rover, Range Rover products you were driving, mm-hmm. abusing in the snow, mm-hmm. which was the most fun to abuse? Uh Okay, so the two, there were two, I think, that were most fun to abuse, and that was the um, Jaguar F-Pace uh-huh. and then the Jaguar F-Type. The F-Type is amazing, the all-wheel drive version, amazing in snow. I always forget that there is an all-wheel drive version. Yeah. And that's V8 so only now, right? Fun. Yeah, it's like more than 500 horsepower. It's yeah, so much fun. It's a silly thing to drive in the snow. It, it's silly. But there you were. But there we in were. In Allsip. In, in Allsip. Uh, well, and I will say, with my driving partner, she is not a car person at all. She's uh, She was a, a lifestyle writer who came on this trip. And um, great partner. Lear- she learned a lot. Like, watching her from the very beginning all the way to the end, she became a much more accomplished ice driver, but she didn't have the muscle memory that um, that some of us have who drive on, like, tracks or ice or skid pads a lot. And we had one moment where we were in the F-Pace SVR and we were going around a corner and she, she started to skid out and instead of like steering into the skid, she turned her wheel too hard and we did like a 360 right into a snow drift and had to get winched out. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's a good way to start any event. But but you know... The, to, be, the, to be winched to out. To be winched out. But the best I've thing... I've had birthdays like that. <laughs> the best thing about the JLR Ice Academy is they really put you in an environment to take these risks in a safe space. So, yeah, we ended up in a snowbank. They put all of the... They put like a bumper bar on front of all of their cars so that when you go into the snowbank, you're not hurting anything. Have you written about this? I have. You have. Okay, have. so we need to share that. Yep. I will share that with you and we all will right. put it cool. in the links. Well, thank you for the schooling. Yes. All right, we're going to take a break. When we when we come back, we talk to Nick DeGilio of the Nick D Podcast. Stick around. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around today. Hey, Jill. Hey, yeah. This is the part of the show where I remind people that I'm on Twitter and that they should follow me. Do you really need to remind people that you're I on do. Twitter? I do. Do you I, really want them to follow you? A lot. Why? Fame, fortune, attention. 
Okay, oh, okay. I'll, I'll buy that last insecurities. one. Insecurities. Oh, now definitely buy that one. Okay, so, Tom, you're on Twitter. I am. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, car guy Tom. Car underscore guy <laughs> underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain. Promise? I promise. Pro- what if you don't entertain? I found a picture of a Ford Fiesta last week. Okay. Like a 75 Ford Fiesta. Okay. It's like the most popular thing I've posted in a year. It's the orange car. Why? Check it out. Why is it popular? Because it's kind of classic. There's no reason any of them should have survived. They were fun to drive. Dirt cheap. Okay. They were cool cars. Uh, Did I mention it's orange? I like orange. All right. (laughs) All right. Our guest today is the award-winning, is an award-winning, I'm starting over. Yeah, you should do that. Our guest today is an award-winning radio personality, a film critic, and the host of two excellent podcasts, and I'm proud to say a good friend. Welcome to the Car Stuff Podcast, Nick DiGilio. Hey, Nick. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here, for coming here. My pleasure. Um, It always sounds better when you're actually in the room with the people talking. It does. Well, because then we can make eye contact, and we can be like, shut up. Exactly. You know, the the neck across the... See, I get that crap all the time. As soon as I get the bird flipped at me, I'm like, all right. All right, stop talking. I'm done. So, but no, pleasure to be here. Well, thank you very much. Uh, before we even start talking about car movies, which is what we're going to do, yeah, not necessarily car chases, car movies, uh, tell us about what you've been working on. You've got two podcasts I now. do, yeah. I have uh, a podcast called the Nick D Podcast, which we celebrated a year wow. um, uh, just uh, in January. And um, Congratulations. Thank you very much. And it's a podcast. I'm with Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can uh, check out radiomisfits.com. Um, one of many podcasts on that network. Uh, the Nick D Podcast is kind of similar to what I used to do on this other radio yeah. station that I worked for for a long time uh, that I don't work for now. Um, and it's an entertainment-based, pop culture-based podcast where I have uh, regular guests, you being one of them. Thank one of you. One of my favorite guests, by In the way. In honor. Um, and, uh, you know, we I talk I review movies and I talk about pop culture and entertainment and um, all everything – Entertainment, pop culture related. Uh, my co-host and the second segment of each podcast is Esmeralda Leon, who I've known for many years, used to do traffic on my show uh, over at uh, WGN. Yeah. And uh, when I decided to do a, um, a podcast, I was like, hey, you want to do it with me? You're not going to get paid. And she said, <laughs> yeah, sure. Woo-hoo, and, no money. Yeah. Breaking and in so, the big money that Jill is. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> and so she decided, yes, she was. And so Esmeralda and I, you know, the second half of the of each episode is Esmeralda and I just talking about stuff. And the first half is always a guest of some kind. And, um, and sometimes in the second half, you also eat weird food. We do. Yeah, we do t- weird taste tests. We've been <laughs> recently, most recently, we've been taste testing some very strange flavored Asian Kit Kat candy bars. Which are awesome. Which were fantastic, I must say. We still have a few more to taste us. They're fantastic. There's like 30 varieties of green tea. There are. And there's also like what, uh, my, my favorite was the banana caramel. Ooh. I may have had that um, Kit Kat. I was just like, <laughs> I began. I became Homer Simpson immediately. But yeah, we taste test things and we talk about a lot of stuff. And um, um, and you know, I do movie reviews on a regular basis, and I also review movies on the Steve Cochran Radio Show on WLS here in uh-huh. Chicago. And uh, I review movies uh, there. Um, and uh, in my second podcast, because the first one is Nick D podcast, and that drops every Tuesday and Friday. New episodes twice a week. And then the other one is a weekly podcast that drops every Wednesday, and it's exclusively entirely about Saturday Night Live, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a geek about SNL. I've <laughs> watched it, and I'm not kidding. I've watched it since the very first episode in October of 1975. Um, and you were, and you were allowed to. I was. Yeah, well, I was not allowed to. <laughs> listen, watch my, let me let me just sum this up for you. Anything that I was allowed to do, let me just sum it up really quickly. Right. My father took me to see The Exorcist when I was eight. <laughs> So any question about what I was allowed to consume is answered by that. Got it. Yeah. See, my daughter points out if she's messed up, it's because I let her watch Pulp Fiction when she was twelve. See, that's yeah. So your dad's I, got her. I got think me yeah. Drunk. I think my dad's got that beat. I'm pretty sure. And the funny thing is that my mom, they had seen it, and at this point, I had seen. What the weird thing was that at the age of eight, I had already seen every completely inappropriate movie you could possibly see. I started seeing R-rated movies. I don't know, as a zygote, I started seeing them, <laughs> and. So when The Exorcist came out, my parents had seen it. They had went to see it. And my mother forbade my dad. He's like, you cannot take him to see this movie. Because it traumatized my mom. When they came home that night, every light in the house was on. She couldn't sleep for four days. She was terrified. Uh, And our house wasn't even Catholic, and she was terrified. And so she was like, you're not taking him. I know you take him to see these R-rated movies and these bloody things and all this stuff. You're not taking him. And so I begged my dad. I was like, please take me. Please take me. And so he took me. 
and my mother didn't know about it. Oh. And about 30 years later, and I'm not kidding, 30, 30, <laughs> 35, 40 years later maybe, I'm on the radio and I'm telling this story. And that's how my mom found oh, out. That's funny. And my dad yeah. was in the doghouse 40 years later because he took me to see The Exorcist. That's hilarious. Yeah. I just remembered my father took me to, t- to see Midnight Express. Oh my God. How old were you? 12-ish. <laughs> And, and I no, think, that's about right, because we're the same age. Yeah, yeah. that's about right. And I, and, I, and I think he did it to scare me straight. And I don't know that I was that bad. But Were you like, smuggling hash? I wasn't okay. yet. I wasn't yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> and there's, there's the, most, the only thing I took from that movie when I was 12, I've gone back and watched it again, there were boobs in it. Oh, so yeah. those were the first a, boobs I'd ever seen. In a deeply disturbing scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. A deeply disturbing scene. No, I started seeing boobs when I was three. That was all old hat by that point. So, But yeah, I don't know how we got on the topic of me. Uh, uh, disturbing movies. Well, oh, I feel like oh. I... Because we didn't finish about the SNL oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. The that's SNL podcast. That's, yeah, disturbing movies. Yeah, no, I started watching SNL when I was 10, which is nothing compared to watching The Exorcist when you're eight. And, right. uh, and I became obsessed with it. And um, and I uh, I studied improv at Players Workshop. I graduated from Second City. Um, I wrote and appeared in and directed a bunch of plays with the Factory Theater. So I've done comedy on stage for many, many, many years. And during that entire during the entire 49 seasons of SNL, I've watched every episode. That's cool. And so I decided I've got this wealth of insane, completely ridiculous knowledge and trivia in my head about SNL. And I was like, why don't I just share that? And so each episode is about SNL in some way or another. I'll have a guest. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I will. Um, the past episode uh, that I did, uh, my friend Amy Seeley, who used to be with the factory, and she graduated from Second City, is an S- SNL uh, expert. And we talked about the best and funniest uh, women hmm. in the history of SNL cast members. Excellent. In the history of SNL. Um, the next one is entirely dedicated, um, it'll drop on, on Wednesday, is entirely dedicated to the one time they had a contest where anyone could host SNL. Hmm. And an 80-year-old woman from New Orleans won. That's what that was about. I and saw that on Facebook. Yes, okay. Miskel, Miskel Spillman is her name. And uh, and it's kind of a legendary <laughs> episode. And that's the episode I'm going to talk all about the one time an 80-year-old grandmother hosted SNL. Now, I am not caught up, but I did catch the episode, and I think it was the first one, where you talked about the potato chip sketch. <laughs> yes, and I learned a lot listening to that. Well, thanks. I, kudos to you, because <laughs> it's it's funny, but it's educational. I never knew. Is it the 1250 sketch? It's the 1250 sketch, and that's, I didn't know Eastern, that time, that's Eastern time zone. Right. Here, it's 1150. Do you know what that is? No. The 1250 sketch, the 1250 sketch is the last sketch of the night, meaning it's 10 to 1, or here here in Chicago, 10 to midnight, so that means 10 minutes before the show ends. Okay. And what they do is they take the weirdest stuff or the crap that never worked or got cut, (laughs) and they throw it there, because everybody at this point has either turned it off or they're drunk, and no one's watching it. (laughs) So there are a a remarkable amount of really classic, very, very weird sketches that show up in that 1250 slot do they still do this oh yeah oh okay. oh yeah oh yeah okay. a, a pretty good one was on last week yes a pretty okay. good 1250 was on last week <laughs> but this there's a sketch called the potato chip sketch okay uh which is will forte jason sudeikis um and the, the and the host who uh, was in the sketch was blake lively from gossip girl okay and it is basically about uh, a weird southern gothic kind of tennessee williams ish sketch about a guy who steals another guy's potato chip and eats it when he wants to become uh, an astronaut. At NASA. At NASA. They're at NASA. It is the weirdest. <laughs> and so I thought, I'm going to kick off my podcast. By the way, the podcast is called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast, which I don't Which everyone with. should subscribe to. Thank you. Yes, at Radio Misfits. <laughs> but that's what it's called. And I was like, I want to make sure people know how deep a dive I'm going to go to SNL. So the entire first episode is dedicated completely to the potato chip sketch because I wanted people to know I wasn't screwing around like I was like people should listen to that one first just go back start it, from the beginning I, and I and I explain it to him like look this is as this is as probably weird as I'm gonna get <laughs> and as specific as I'm gonna get but I want you to know that I'm gonna go here this is where I'm gonna go every once in a while okay so, but no and you know I've had Brooks Whelan who was a cast member for a season on the show who was fantastic um, I had John Rudnitsky who was a cast member on the show. I've got more people coming up who have been cast members and all kinds of really cool stuff. I run down, uh, in one episode, I run down the 11 uh, technically official SNL movies and rank them and talk about those. So it's all about SNL every week and it's every Wednesday. That show hasn't been funny. Well, it's very good. (laughs) Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So we were going to talk car movies. Yeah. (laughs) And you know an awful lot about SNL and movies. Yeah, I hope so. I've been a movie critic for 37 years. So, so there would, you go. I, I would hope that I would know something about... Some people don't think I do. No. I will say that. Well, <laughs> but one of the people want to argue. I'm, 
perspective is, is everything, I think. And you're not really a car guy. We've talked cars a lot. Well, I was, and then I just, I don't drive anymore. Mm. Yeah. I haven't driven legally in about 22 <laughs> years. About 22 years. It's been 22 Wait, years. Wait, how did you get here? Wait, I, wait. Mm, I don't want to speak about that. But anyway, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't actually owned a car in about 22 years. I haven't okay. driven a car, again, legally, in about 22 years. But we won't talk about the but illegal stuff, yeah. we won't talk about yeah. that stuff. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I live in the city, and it's easy. The stuff that mm-hmm. I do is pretty easy to get to, you know. And it was, you know, um, so I haven't driven, but but I really love cars. And when I did drive, I loved driving. Um, and you know, you're a monthly guest on my show. Yeah. And I haven't driven a car again legally in 22 years, <laughs> but you're one of my favorite guests, and I, I always that. love talking to you about cars, even though I haven't been behind the wheel of a one in a long time. And I, but no, I love cars. I love them, and and I love car movies completely. Well, to that end, what 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 car movies do you think? Are, now, and I'm not talking car chases necessarily. Yeah, I, I okay, and I and, t- and keeping that in mind because you know car chase movies are are everybody has you know yeah. there's a million yeah. of those. I mean, yeah. you can just start with Bullet and go on, you know. But like for me, like I, I car movie. What did, what exactly? What would you? How would you define a car movie? Like featuring really cool cars or about cars or? Because um, I kind of took all of that. As so an to me, like yeah. I, not a movie person. Yeah, yeah. And and so like, are you I, a car person? I'm a car person. You would hope but, so. <laughs> but I will say, I will say, this is probably the contribution that I am going to be making to this segment because okay. like I know nothing about car movies or movies. Um, but for me, it's where the character like the car is kind of like a character in a movie so really the only movie i came up with by myself i had a conversation with my husband who came up with a whole bunch of weird ones but the only movie i came up with myself was her like her would it herbie the love bug yeah that was it that was it well that's a car is a character yeah yeah. So cars is a, so. What about the Pixar movie Cars? That's, yes, those are that was all, the second one I yeah, thought of. Those yeah. were the only two. Yeah. So those are so Cars yeah. as characters is where you're. That's where I was I going, gotcha. but I don't know if that's no, where you I were was, going. I was thinking maybe a half step deeper than that, and I'm not usually care, you know capable of that much deep thought. But, <laughs> but, but I, a taxi driver came to mind, and and I came up with that simply because you have this wonderful perspective of New York. From the driver's seat. Yeah. There were so many scenes, establishing scenes in that movie. Unbelievable. It, it, most of them at night. Oh my God. I just love the I just love the look of that city. And yep. it it's such a good job. And it feels like a car movie just because your perspective yeah. is from a car. And there is also a, 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 an incredible amount of scenes in that film that take place in that car or around the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it's one of my favorite movies of all Including time. the last scene, right? Yeah. He catches up with her and, yeah, and doesn't and, take her mm-hmm. money. And don't, the whole mirror. don't spill yeah. it. Some of us haven't seen the movie. Yeah, it's too yeah. late now. Yeah. By the way, my dad took now. me to see that when I was 11. <laughs> oh, and you've no. seen Taxi Driver. Well, I have. Is I Robert De Niro in there? Yes, he is. Okay. Yeah. So I know something about it, but I've not seen yeah. it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is, it's my favorite Scorsese movie. Uh, and my favorite Robert De Niro performance, my favorite Paul Schrader screenplay. It's great. But yeah, that's a that's an interesting... I mean, that covers it, yeah. So I went all over the place. All right, let's hear what you got. Okay, I've got... Um, I wanted to mention first The Car, a movie called The Car, yeah. which I think would fit into this. Okay. It's a horror movie where a car... Producer Randy is nodding. Oh, you know The Car? <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. 1977, James Brolin, Ronnie Cox. Um, fantastic movie about a car that comes through the desert that happens to be possessed by Satan. <laughs> Um, and shows up and just starts running people down. Except it can't go on the. It can't. You you, you can hide in the cemetery because that's hollowed ground, and the car will not drive on hollowed ground. Um, legendary movie. It's awful, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen it a million times. Sven Gulli shows it a lot. Rich does on his show. Um, and it's. I think it's legendary because the car itself, the actual car, yeah. was designed by George Barris. Right. As you know, designed the Batmobile, the Adam West Batmobile. He designed the. Uh, uh, the Monsters Mobile, yeah. and, uh, the uh, Monkey Mobile, the Monkey Mobile, yeah. legendary guy, and he designed this car. It's one of the coolest movie cars of all time. Would you agree that it's one of the coolest? It movies? is. It's, it's weirdest. It's weird looking yeah. too. <laughs> uh, Christine, which is uh, John Carpenter's classic. That's a '58 Plymouth. Uh, uh, yeah, a Fury, a self healing '58. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was ahead of its time with the ha- self healing yeah. paint. Yeah. That, that's up there. Uh, one of my favorites. Right. It's not really a car movie, but it's a vehicle. And it's this film called Damnation Alley. Oh, yeah. Which came out in 1977. Oh, heck yeah. George Papard. George Papard, uh, uh, Jan Michael Vincent, Jackie Earl Haley. It's a post-apocalyptic movie where they have this futuristic, weird, 
tank type vehicle. If I'm not mistaken, With you three told, wheels on each side, exactly, and, yeah. and a, a, a band around them, like yeah. a, like a tank, and then they would just rotate for no reason. For no reason way. at all. I think you told me one time that it was that 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 vehicle was spotted like on the side of the road somewhere in L.A. Like it is, it is outside. It is on on the highway outside of a repair shop, just rotting away. Are you sure it wasn't the Cybertruck? I'm sure. Okay, yeah, just just had to verify because it sounds a lot like the Cybertruck. It's well, you you should see this. So, Damnation Alley, another really. Same same year as the car. Wow, good year. 1977, good year. Is it really? Yeah, good year for movies. I thought the car was older. Interesting. Um, Phantasm, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I bring this up because it's got one of the coolest muscle cars of all time. I don't remember this. Uh, it's a black, a triple black 1971 Cuda. Oh. Um, four, f- wait, 446 barrel. I don't Six know what pack. any of that means. Yeah. Um, but it's a Plymouth Cuda from 1971, one of the coolest cars of all time, and it's in f- the movie horror movie Phantasm. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Of course. Which I choose. It's Chase. Any fan of yours knows you like that movie. I, I kind of. Maybe you love that movie. <laughs> kind of. I've probably seen it, and I'm not kidding, way into the triple digits, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> but like the there's a uh, the Interceptor, which is the Ford X Interceptor. Uh-huh. There is the War Rig, the big truck. There is the uh, Giganta Horse, which is made from a Coupe de Ville, 1959 Coupe de Ville body. Uh, there is Nux's car, which was a 32 Chevy five-door coupe. That they that they made, and then the buzzard has these cars, these gangs of buzzards with giant spikes yes. uh, on them. Uh, Dazed and Confused and American Graffiti, two great car movies, um, and they're both very similar. They're like they all take place like kind of on one night. Yeah, coming of age, people driving around, last day of high school, all that stuff. So you've got in Dazed and Confused, you've got a great representation of really cool seventies cars. And in um, American Graffiti, you've got a great representation of late 50s, early 60s cars. I was hoping you'd bring up American Graffiti for a non-car reason. Because there's a question I always wanted to ask you about this. Actually, a serious question. <laughs> Most of that's... I like how he looked at you for Because sh- I'm never... Yeah. And he's and, never serious. No, serious question. Okay. So, so American Graffiti. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Um, most of the soundtrack seems like it's slightly off mic and coming from down a hall. Do you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah. Well, and do you have I a sense of why that was done? Because I think what the sense of that is that Lucas was trying to get you to feel as though everybody and you included was listening to the radio. Hmm. Because Wolfman Jack is kind of the oh. sort of he's the he's the guy that carries you through the narrative. Oh my gosh! And so what I what he wants you to feel, what I think at least is without explaining it, is that everybody's listening to the radio. So the radio's on in every scene. So that's why it sounds like it's being kind of piped in because. Oh you, man! It, Lucas wanted you to feel as though you were watching a movie while listening to the radio. Holy cow! Yeah. I just—I feel like I just learned there wasn't a Santa. Like this was a—I <laughs> just learned something. There is a Santa though. Yeah, there is. Um, Risky Business uh, has, the, of course, the legendary Porsche. Of course, and that was a uh, nine twenty-eight. Nine twenty-eight. Yeah, which could not get away from a limo. It's the biggest flaw in that movie. <laughs> Uh, used Cars, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis directed it, the director of Back to the Future, which, by the way, has a, an incredible vehicle, obviously, the DeLorean. The, the DeLorean. Super DeLorean time machine in it. Um, and Zemeckis has made a bunch of great movies. By the way, they're doing a festival, a Zemeckis festival for a week in April where they're showing almost all of his movies on the big screen at the Music Box Theater Excellent. in Chicago. Uh, and they're showing Used Cars, which I think is the funniest movie ever made. Um, and I just wanted to rip, just rip through some of the cars they okay, have. Okay, yeah. 73 Buick Centurion. Excellent. They have a 73 Chevy C20, a 57 Chevy 210, a 70 Dodge Challenger, a 76 Dodge Tradesman. Big van, yeah. 58 Edsel Ranger. Excellent. Which is the movie, which is the car that Jack Warden's character is buried in. That's also what um, uh, Cindy Williams drove in um, uh, American Oh, in Graffiti. American Graffiti, yeah, yeah. She drove an Edsel, that's right. And yeah. then uh, there is the 69 Mercury Cougar, a 75 Mercedes-Benz 450 SL, which, by the way, is overpriced and they blow it up, um, a 47 Ford Super Deluxe, and a 65 Ford Mustang. All of those cars are featured in used cars. Have you seen used cars? No. Okay. I, again, not Kurt, seen Kurt Russell, really any of these movies. Kurt Russell, you don't so have to be a car person to think this movie's hilarious. It okay. is truly, I think, truly the funniest movie ever. What, what but if year? you're a car person. 80. 1980. I'm like, so, all before the time I could watch these kinds of movies. Yeah. The, the guy who hired me at Consumer Guide, Frank Piler. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's his favorite movie. Okay. There you go. It is. It, it's great. And it's, I mean, and again, the cars are great. So uh, since you brought up Risky Business, uh, I have to bring up <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. 
with the the Ferrari. The Ferrari, yeah. And yeah. like one of my favorite scenes of all times in a movie is with the valet when they like take the car on the joyride. Yeah. Relax. I'm mm. a professional. I, I, the only the funniest part of that movie to me is trying to make the odometer roll backwards by putting it in reverse. In reverse. Yeah. Well, no, I, but I have to tell Doesn't you, work. like driving the cars that we drive, every time I go to give the keys to a valet, you think that yeah. th- that I, I like take one last look at the odometer and I like give him the keys yeah. and I'm just like. I always please, think please I always think the six because I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Ferris Bueller right. at, okay at all okay I, I, in fact I despise that movie but I think when I whenever I do the valet thing which I haven't done in a long time legally um, <laughs> I always think of the episode of Seinfeld where I'm going to get a smelly valet guy remember the episode yeah. of the of Seinfeld where they get in the car after they're in the restaurant and the guy had terrible bo the, and so they can't get rid of the bo and he had to sell the car. He was so the bo oh. was so bad. So I always think uh, they're not going to yeah. not the odometer. I think oh, the car is going to smell. Yeah, no, I just I worry. You know, like yeah. who am I giving these car keys yeah. to, and are they going to like drive you know over ramps in Chicago? And right. like, what are they going to do with the it's car? It's worth worrying about. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, uh, Repo Man. Oh heck yeah! Um, one of my favorite movies. Again, that's on my list of all time. Um, uh, and then I could j- I fly through some titles: Grand Prix with James Garner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Bullet. I just want to say James Garner. Yeah, I just wanted to repeat it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. I know you love James. Garner. Would you like to say that one more time? James Garner. And, okay, and, and for, we're talking. You know, obviously we've talked about this before, but I mean, classic uh, TV cars, Rockford. I mean, yep. please. You and you and Jim have something in common. Seventy-seven Firebird. Yeah, that was the second car in the Rockford file. Yeah, I had a seventy-seven Firebird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, did I drive that thing in the toilet. Oh my god. Uh, Which but, is why you no longer have a license, or yeah, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Legally, um, <laughs> dual. Oh yeah, uh, which Spinguli just showed uh, uh, on on his show, and it was fantastic. Two lane blacktop. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, James Taylor. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Weird. Uh, vanishing Point, the 70, 1970 Dodge uh, Man, Charger. I just watched that for the first time. Like, I wait, shouldn't. Wait. I shouldn't. I know. How did I just watch that? Oh, my God. Recently? Seriously, you yeah. just watched Vanishing Point for the first time? I know. Yeah. You need to. I shouldn't. I should not have been able to call myself a car guy. Oh, my God. Also, naked person. There's a naked person. In yes. That, so that's yeah. good. Uh, vanishing Point. Wow. I'm so. St- I'm stunned by that. I'm stunned by that news that you would, that, that yeah. was the first time you were I just disappointed a lot of people. You did, man. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. I have not seen that. Smoking the Bandit. Heck yeah. Uh, the Driver with uh, Ryan O'Neill. I have not seen Walter that. Walter Hill uh, directed that movie. He's the oh. guy who directed The Warriors and 48 Hours and a lot of great action movies. Fantastic. You'll love this movie. You guys, as car people, okay. trust me. The Driver. Uh, the Blues Brothers. Yep. Classic. Uh, Cannonball Run. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Days of Thunder. I had to include Days of Thunder. I never saw that. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, NASCAR yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, you didn't miss much. Yeah. Uh, Ronin. That's a car. That's a car chase. Movie. I I really like Ronin, and that's a really good car. Chase. It is. It's a car chase movie. So I kind of broke the rules there. Also, yeah. it's got French and Italian cars in it. Yeah, and it's it's like that like the Italian job because they do they go down the stairs a lot <laughs> in, at one point in it. It's pretty cool. Uh, Death Proof, the Quentin Tarantino one with Kurt Russell, which has the same car as Vanishing Point. It's oh, a, yeah. So, but you hadn't seen Vanishing Point. Nope. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. that's the one movie on your you list that Baby, I've seen. That's Baby the Driver. only one. Did you like I've seen it? that. I did. Yeah. I did fantastic. like that. There's I want to be him. There's a really smart thing in there that's like secret. Like he drives a Mitsubishi Galant at one point. You remember the Galant? Oh, yeah. I remember they used the to stuff it with a giant 3.8 liter V6, the perfect city chase car. Yeah. All that torque for driving around quarters and stuff. Yeah. Wow. Surprisingly uh, smart. One of, one of my yeah. favorite uh, little surprises in that movie, and I love that. Baby Driver, by the way, is from uh, Edgar Wright, who did um, uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead and, you know, Hot Fuzz and those, and those movies. And it's an incredibly funny, really creative, beautifully shot action car chase movie. And the car chases are unbelievable, as you can see. Yep. But one of my favorite things is that there is a cameo by Paul Williams in it. Oh. And that just made me nuts. <laughs> Didn't realize. P- Paul Williams is in it, for God's sake. Yeah, Paul Williams. Yeah. Who's in Smoking the Bandit. He's Little Enos in Smoking the Bandit. Pa- Pat, Mc- Pat McCormick oh, is Big right. Enos, and he's Little Enos. Um, Ford versus Ferrari, which I think is actually a pretty solid movie. That's a pretty solid okay, movie. Okay, that is um, the second movie I've seen on your you've list. you seen that one? Okay. <laughs> Only one flaw in that movie. Carol Shelby, not charming. Oh, is that one? <laughs> He's actually kind of a horrible The Hitcher schmuck. with Rutger Hauer. Oh man. Um, oh man. It's uh, a very deeply disturbing movie. <laughs> yeah, I will not um, put that on my list. Thunder Road with Robert Mitchum as a bootlegger from 1958. Not seen that. Oh man, mark it down, Tom, mark it down. <laughs> Thunder Road. I'm actually writing it down right Thunder now. Thunder Road with with Robert Mitchum. Uh The Last American Hero with Jeff Bridges. That's a NASCAR 
um, movie. I have not seen that. Last American Hero. That's a good one. Yeah, it's good. Um, Le Mans, the, uh, yeah. the, the Steve McQueen documentary. Um, let's see. And uh, the Fast and the Furious movies I mention because they're so stupid <laughs> and they're so fun. But Fast Five, I think in particular, that's when it became, they weren't really about street racing anymore. And then they were about weird international heists and stuff. <laughs> so that's that Fast Five was the first one where it went off into La La Land. One of the things about the whole Fast and Furious franchise and the show, the movies are stupid. From what I've seen, the movies are genuinely they are. dumb. I mean, I like them, but they're really but stupid. But they curate really interesting cars. And yeah. Dame, Damon Bell, our one-time co-host, uh, had, had written an article about just some interesting cars mm. from Fast and Furious. But if you are a car guy, there's just enough there like, all right, I got to watch this. Yeah. So uh, what about... no? So did... did any of yours? What are some of yours that I didn't So mention? I have a really weird choice here. We were talking about cars as characters or cars that you see the movie from. And, and you may not agree with me on this one, but I know you know the movie. Yeah. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. <laughs> that 74 Impala yeah. is freaky. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's all about the movie. And they show a lot of the movie from like the front fender. They do. Stuff happening in the background. Yeah. And then the end of the movie. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's going to rush out and see this movie now, so I'll ruin okay. the ending. Yeah. But the end of the movie where they're just parked on the rear wheel in the trunk. Yeah. And you see Henry walking them back, mm -hmm. taking her luggage out of the car. Which is loaded with her chopped up With body. her. Yeah, it's full of awesome. her. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you want to talk about freaky cars, I'm totally getting off of that topic right there. Henry what, Portrait of a Serial what, Killer. What about Harold and Maude? Oh, heck yeah. oh, God, I love that movie. That's yeah. a good one. That's I didn't think of that. One. It's my that daughter's favorite choice. movie. Is that your daughter's favorite movie? It's my daughter's favorite yeah, movie. It's a great movie. That yeah, it's a great I, movie. I've, I've, it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. I've only seen it once, but I just will never forget that. Car. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to remember the, the director. Um, uh, did Hal Ashby. Hal Ashby. Yeah, I did shampoo and. Hal yeah. made one tragic mistake, not knowing that much about cars. When they rolled that car off a cliff, they had one camera running. Mm. That's the sole accident footage. Yeah, it's like you custom, you destroyed a Jaguar to make a hearse. Yeah. You custom make this thing. It looks like the execution was pretty good. Yeah. And then you roll it off a cliff, and you have one camera view from like six miles away. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it's it. interesting when that kind of stuff happens because, uh, in at the end of Duel, when you know the um, when the truck that's been menacing Dennis Weaver the entire time falls off the cliff and, and crashes, uh, they Spielberg because Spielberg directed that movie. It was a TV movie that he directed before he became big, Jaws and stuff. And uh, and he sent it to ABC, and they were like, "You have to have a big explosion at the end." And he's like, no, I want, because the, the the truck became like a character. Yeah. And he wanted the character to, he wanted the truck to slowly die. You know, to this, to this part fall off, to the engine to stop. And they were like, no, we have to have a big explosion. And they were going to add like special <laughs> effects to make it look like it blew up. And they only did one take. And they were like, well, we don't have the budget for you to go back out and blow up another truck. So we're going to add special effects. And he said, no, you're not going to. And he had to fight for, oh. for it to not have a big explosion. Okay. So there isn't an no. explosion. No, 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 there All isn't. Right. Yeah. Nick, we have burned through a segment, but tell us again how people can follow you. Uh, they can follow me on, um, I'm on Facebook, I'm on uh, Twitter, but uh, the best way is radiomisfits.com. You can listen to my podcast, the Nick D Podcast, Tuesday, Friday, and uh, that show hasn't been funny in years, SNL Podcast, every Wednesday. Sounds good. Now, you have opted to stick around for the quiz, is I'm, that correct? Sure, I'm going to be terrible, but I'll try. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I haven't driven legally. In a long time. Yeah, but you will be no more terrible than me, and I will okay. guarantee that. Okay. So it's a good we'll, quiz. We'll, we'll be like well it. matched. Okay. Well, you brought up Harold and Maude. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's quiz time. Stick around. Questions or comments? Drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That's carstuff at consumerguide.com. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel. Thanks for joining us today. Jill. Yes. Jill, you do social media stuff. I do, in fact, do social media stuff. Remind us. Do I really need to do that? You don't Everybody have to. knows. Well, I will totally do it. <laughs> because I, I am not courting. I thought we were um, just gonna shave two minutes off the no, show. No, we cannot. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna add ten. Uh, but no, I'm we kidding. have to get. We actually, you can't. I know, I know. We got it. And you can't it. stall and during the quiz I today. I know. Yes, all I right. can, but not that much. Yep. Um, all right. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh -huh. Post. MySpace. I am now on Post. I have a MySpace page. I don't feed it. <laughs> I really do have a MySpace page. Uh, but you can find me at Jill Simonello, um, and I use the hashtag Cardajour on all of my car review stuff. There you go. That's the fastest you ever did that. I could I could go on. No. Because we want to talk no. about TikTok more than running. No, Do we, we want to talk about running? Jill, it's quiz time. <laughs> <laughs> Have to bring up running at least once. 
Oh, all quiz right. Quiz time. Got it. Uh, it's quiz time. This week's topic is car movie stuff, sort of. Sort of. Sort of. Okay. All right. Yep. Our guest, Nick DiGiulio, goes first today. Nick, are oh, you ready? Uh, I'll be as, I'm as ready as I'll ever. Well, I love the music. <laughs> That's awesome. I love this music. <laughs> Nick, in the 1983 film Vacation, starring Chevy Chase, Ellen Griswold's Aunt Edna ends up joining the family for a leg of the journey to Wally World, as does her dog. What was Aunt Edna's dog's name? Oh, man. Was it Pinky, Dinky, or Octavio? Dinky. Jill, what was the dog's name? Uh, Dinky was actually my first thought as well. All right, you're both correct. You're both on the board. All right. Woo-hoo. Jill, this question goes to you first. All right. Um, Jill, in what town is the film Christine set? <laughs> Anchorage, Alaska, <laughs> Rockridge, California, or Erie, Pennsylvania? Erie, Pennsylvania seems like it would be the obvious one. I don't think it's going to be in Alaska, but I'm going to say the California place. Rockridge, California. Yeah. Nick, this question goes to you. Anchorage, Alaska? It's Rockridge. <laughs> You're like, I, I don't even it's need John to... Carpenter, it's John Carpenter. It's Rockridge. I don't even need you to read that. Yeah, okay. What did you say? I said the... Rockridge. Oh, yeah. it's tied two yeah. to two. All right. Erie All right. was like just too... That was like too obvious. Like you were trying to get me to choose it. Was I? Also because it's a horror movie, so it's eerie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was just yeah. like you were trying. You, also, you tried I would a little spell that one. wrong anyway. Yeah. Nick, in the 1984 what? cult classic Repo Man... Oh, okay. Maybe you've heard of it. I have. A little... What is it that Harry Dean Stanton's character Bud claims is in every repossessed cars? Is it a Beatles A-track tape, a pine tree air freshener, or a pack of tipperillos? It is a pine tree air freshener. Jill, this question goes to you. Repo Man, one of your favorite movies. I was going to say Aliens. What? (laughs) There are aliens in the movie. That's in the trunk. I know. uh, Because you made me watch the trailer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. For this conversation. For this conversation. It's not helping you with this question, though. It is though. not helping me. Every car, Beatles, a track tape, pine tree air freshener, pack of tipperillos. I don't even know what tipperillos are. Little Very cigars. cheap cigars. cigars. Yeah. Got it. Um, well, I mean, I actually was also going to say the pine tree thing. All right. Yeah. All right. Three to three. All right. This is... I didn't know you were a lefty. Yeah. So am I. My yeah. Friend. Yeah. All right. Does that All mean right. you're in your right mind? No. <laughs> it does not. Good to know. All right, Jill. Yes. Very common movie, very popular movie here. What is the car that Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman drive cross-country in in Rain Man? Hmm. Is it a 49 Roadmaster, a 51 Mercury, or a 1921 Nissan Rogue? A 2021 <laughs> Nissan Rogue. Uh, to- totally not the Rogue, because I don't think the movie was out uh, in 2021. What were the first two? 49 Buick Roadmaster, 51 Mercury. I seem to recall it was a convertible, but I don't remember the car. I'll say Roadmaster. Uh, I'll, what, what, was, what was the other one? Uh, I, Roadmaster or Mercury? I'm going to say the Mercury. Uh, Jill, the Roadmaster. What? Yeah, it is four to three in favor of Jill. Look at that. Look at that. What? Even beating our celebrity guests. Let's see what happens here. <laughs> well, okay, wait. We need Randy to pay attention on this one because I may need his input. No. <laughs> Maybe it isn't, but... Nick, what does Burt Reynolds drive in the lighthearted 1972 comedy Deliverance? Oh, <laughs> totally lighthearted. Oh, is yeah, it that a- movie's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that pig scene, squeal like a pig scene, is just hilarious. It's just a party on film. Yeah, it really is. Uh, 69 Jeep Commando, 1972 International Scout, or 1985 Cadillac Cimarron? Um... If I remember correctly, it's a it's a it's a pickup, isn't it? I haven't seen the movie in a long time. So is it, are either any of the, the not the la- I know it's not the last one. What's what's B? So we got a commando, Jeep commando, or an international scout. I'm going to go international scout. Jill, this question goes to you: commando, scout, or Cimarron? Yeah, it's got to be the commando or the scout. I'm with you. It's got to be a pickup truck or a truck of some sort. Um, and I don't, music is killing I, know, I, don't, I don't know what either of those necessarily are. Like, vaguely. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll say the other one, the commando. Nick is correct with a scout. We are tied oh. four to four. You know what this means. Oh, what does that mean? The, the bonus, bonus question, question matters. matters. He, it's going to be about the flavors of Kit Kats. He's going to stack the deck <laughs> against me. Gonna, is that what's going to happen? That's not what it is today, Joe. But it has been. It has been. But it's always related to the topic. It is never related to the topic. Jill. <laughs> so this is a tiebreaker. This is it. Yeah, this, this is, is a it. This is it. Okay. Right. Jill, 
According to animals.mom.com. <laughs> totally related. This does not have a good start. <laughs> what is the best treatment for a guinea pig which has become gassy? <laughs> and you have a guinea pig, so you might know the I answer I don't have a guinea pig. Well, didn't you have one? No, we had gerbils. Oh, oh, and then same, mice. same, but okay. Best treatment for a, ger- a guinea pig who has become gassy. Are okay. you ready? Yep. This is according to animals.mom.com. Okay. Plenty of plant-based roughage, pork, crushed antacids, or diluted Pepto-Bismol. Which of those is the best treatment for a guinea pig which has become gassy? <laughs> which doesn't seem like an emergency, actually. Um... I, I don't know that you should give an animal people food ever, um, so I'll go with the roughage. Plenty of plant-based roughage. Yeah. All right. Nick, this question goes to you. Should you feed it plenty of plant-based yeah. roughage, pork, crushed antacids, or diluted Pepto-Bismol? Well, because we don't want it to end in a tie, I'm not going to say roughage. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go with the diluted Pepto-Bismol. That would have been my second choice, actually. Yeah. That would have been my first choice had I not made this up. Uh, plant-based roughage. Oh, oh, there you go. Ah! Congratulations, Jill. Jill, we've got like four minutes. What is going on at Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk? Uh, so we are actually doing a series right now on reliability. So Consumer oh. Reports came out with their um, like most reliable vehicles for 2023. And we are doing a little bit of a deep dive into midsize, full-size, and HD trucks. So this is the... Reliability, three-year reliability? What is that test? Well, it's their predictive reliability predictive. that they do. Okay. So, um, you know, what, what they do is they look at past data from... Um, it's three years, isn't it? Uh, that's you're, you're thinking of J.D. Power. Ah, Yeah, you're you. thinking of J.D. Power. This is like a, a, an amassed history of consumer feedback okay. and uh, problems that vehicles have experienced. And so uh, what Consumer Reports does behind the paywall is they rate each vehicle um, and they tell you what some of the major problems have been and they give it a ranking like from one to five on predictive reliability and uh some of some of the 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 rankings are kind of surprising um i i will not completely divulge because you should go to pickuptrucktalk.com and check it out but um toyota does not do as well as you think it should wow because i would have just assumed toyota would have done well it did not wow that's interesting yep nick what have you got coming up uh, well, uh, uh, my next uh, podcast will have uh, Dan Feinberg, my, uh, t- which will drop tomorrow. Dan Feinberg is the TV critic and TV writer for The Hollywood Reporter. Um, Excellent. And we're going to talk about the new TV and talk a little bit about the SAG Awards that were handed out uh, last night. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, the SNL podcast is about uh, Miskel uh, uh, Spillman, who is the 80-year-old grandmother who hosted Saturday Night Live. <laughs> That's coming up on Wednesday. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I did a thing on the Oldsmobile Cutlass Okay. You know how I do? Uh, well, you know what? Let's not talk about the cut. Let's just talk about my favorite ads. Okay. Because that's up too. There's an ad from 1970 for Volvo. Okay. Uh, and the ad reads, the headline reads, fat cars die young. Fat cars die young? <laughs> yeah. It's a black and white ad and it says fat cars die young. And then there's a picture of a 1966 Dodge rotting away in a junkyard. <laughs> And this is a 1970 ad. And it's all about how Volvos are designed to be lean and responsible. And then there's a picture of a Volvo sedan, an unlikely car going very fast in the dirt. Got it. So we're not talking about PHAT. We're talking about FAT. <laughs> yes. Okay, got it. Just, yes. just to clarify yeah, for actual those who might be younger. Chubby fat. Yeah, chubby fat. So, got it. All right. That's all I've got. Anything else? Uh, no, just knowing that uh, in the next couple of weeks, I will either be here on Zoom or you're going to have a guest host because I've got some traveling coming up. I've got some cool oh, like, vehicles like that can, I'm going to be driving. Like you can get here on time anyway. I always get here on time. All right. Be sure to catch us every week right here on the Talk Zone Radio Network. We are live at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. in Bensonhurst, New York. <laughs> 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yes. All right, miss a show, download the podcast, and be sure to like, share, review, and podcast us, and then like us again. Special thanks to Nick DiGilio of the Nick D Podcast for joining us today. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Producer Randy. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and we're back again when? Next week. Next week. Remember to check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. The Car Stuff Podcast is produced by J-Turn Media. To advertise on the show, please drop us a line at CarStuff at ConsumerGuide.com.